Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode 41. In this episode, Phil Cookson and I talk about the current trends in the creative agency recruitment space. We talk about why agencies are struggling to hire right now, what they need to do differently to attract the right people, how the market is evolving. And there are also some tips for you if you are currently looking for a role and you want to find the right agency. So let's go to the intro now. So on today's episode, I'm really thrilled to have Phil Cookson with me. Phil is Director of Creative Resource. He's also the co-founder of School of Thought, a not-for-profit organisation with the objective of helping to develop the creative sector in the north of England. So I'd love to dive into that bit, Phil, later. He's got 17 years experience in the creative and marketing sectors. And that's one of the big reasons that I've invited Phil on today. He's so active online. He has a very buoyant agency or recruitment agency. And I've asked him particularly to share his observations, thoughts, and tips for recruitment, both for creative agencies and also for candidates. So Phil, a massive welcome to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jenny. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. So would you mind, first of all, Phil, just kicking off by spending a few minutes talking about you, your background, what you do now and who you help? Yeah. So as you said, there's 17 years in recruitment now for the creative and marketing sector, predominantly agencies we work with, but we also do work with brands as well. We focus primarily on the north of England, really sort of, you know, they're our heartlands that we like to stick within and really get the relationships deep, which you can do when you've been doing it as long as I have. You tend to have some really long-standing relationships, which is really good. And, you know, we're, we're now a team of eight, uh, hopefully soon to be a much larger team if I can find some staff for myself, which is, <laughs> is, not, is not very easy. It's, it's, I think it's quite a funny thing, isn't it? Recruiters saying they're finding yeah. recruiting staff very, very difficult. So, so yeah, hopefully a bigger team soon. And then, then yeah, I'm, I'm co-founder of School of Thought. So School of Thought's been around for six years now in the North. We basically run a 12-week intensive creative course and competition that happens every year in Manchester. And we're now in our second year in Leeds. We've had I think by the end of this current year, we'll have had 113 people who've gone through the School of Thought programme. And basically, you know, every week is hosted by a different agency in the north. They they set the group a brief and we come up with some ideas to crack it. And it's a lot of fun. And I think the creatives that do it would all probably agree. They've all come out of it having learned a huge amount of skills and, and experience and I think we have one of the best first prizes of anything going as well. So the winner's prize is a trip to Can Lions, so wow. which is is pretty life changing for the people who've been. And unfortunately, with Can not having run for last year and this year, I've got a little backlog of people <laughs> I need to send. So hopefully next year I'll be very heavily involved in my travel agent duties of <laughs> of getting several people over to Can and the tickets and the accommodation and things well, but it, it's a lot of fun school of thought it sounds like a fantastic prize and is that open to just creatives or is it across the board for anyone in the agency yeah across the board we've had quite a few account handlers do it and we've had quite a few planners quite a few marketing people from client side as well but yeah anybody who thinks you know ideas are important 
Um, I think we'd all agree they are. You know, I think anybody who wants to get better at developing ideas, recognising big ideas, pitching big ideas. Yes, for anybody, we have people, you know, just coming into the industry through to senior people as well. So it's a real cross-section of of people from different backgrounds and, and different levels. And just briefly, Phil, how did that come about? Like, why did you start that? My co-founder, David, is from Australia and he had experience with the programme they have in, in Australia called Award School, which is run on a similar style. And when he came to Manchester, he said to me, have you got anything like this in Manchester or even the UK? And I said, no, I don't think we have. So I said to him, well, why don't you do something like that? And he said, right, I will do, but you're going to help me. So I got roped in to help him because he had the, the sort of the idea of how it would work. And I had all the connections in the agencies that we needed to get uh, agreement to come on board and, and do it with us. So so that was where it originally came from. It's actually a very shrewd move, isn't it? Because it not only works for the individuals who are taking part in the programme, but it also creates kind of an event, a programme where you're then developing more relationships with the industry. So it's kind of a win-win, isn't it? Yeah, it's great because, you know, I get to spend time with all the agencies through the programme. COVID allowing, we always have a big sort of event at the end of it in Manchester or Leeds where we hopefully get as many agencies and creative people down as possible. Usually 150 to 200 people there having drinks, looking at what's been produced over the 12 weeks. And it's a real celebration of what the 12 people have done and also a chance for the industry in those cities to come together and School of Thought is about helping the creative ecosystem in those cities and it's by the agencies for the agencies and I just see myself as a facilitator really who brings it together so fantastic so listen Phil I'm really keen and I'm sure the listeners are to kind of get from your side what you're seeing in terms of the general trends in the creative agency recruitment market currently and perhaps since the whole COVID things happened what are you seeing Yeah, this year in particular, it seems like everybody is trying to hire. It really does seem like every agency that I speak to has really come through last year in really fine fettle. You know, most conversations last year, people were saying things are okay. You know, we're going along fine. And then it almost seems like at the start of this year, clients have pressed a button and all of a sudden everybody's snowed under. So the majority of the roles we're seeing and the way we're recruiting for it, they're all growth. They're all new roles. There's very few replacement roles. The majority of agencies seem to be growing and getting bigger. And, you know, there's certainly the agency market in the North is really vibrant at the moment. And is it growth within a certain type of role or is it across the board every type of role for agencies? Yeah, it's really across the board. I mean, there are huge amounts of roles in account handling and creative, but but even in niches like traffic managers and studio managers and you know you don't see many of those roles about but you know people are hiring them because they're getting busy you know and the whole range of digital marketing roles are constantly growing you know paid media and in particular is one that's really really going up and up and up but yeah it's really across the whole range of types of agency roles really and are you finding that there are the candidates available or is that the balance that everyone's looking for someone but no one's available Yeah, at the moment, the balance between supply and demand is very out of focus. There's far more demand than supply at the moment. There's general shortages in all areas. You know, what we certainly feel from some of the conversations we're having, that there's a lot of people who are perhaps been safe in 
in their role for the last 15 months since the pandemic started, telling us that they're putting the career moves on hold until they feel there's a bit more confidence that things are back to normal. So, like I said, it's wildly out of kilter between supply and demand. I must say, you know, in all the years I've been recruiting, there aren't many years where supply and demand are equal. I can probably think of two years maybe in the last 17, 18 years where you, you might argue that supply and demand are equal. Very often it's one way or the other, but I've never seen it quite so out of kilter. Really? Yeah. How are agencies responding? Are they putting up their salaries? Are they doing a mixture of coming to you as a recruitment agency, but also doing a lot of their recruitment themselves? Like, how are they responding to the lack of candidates? Because that must be yeah. hugely frustrating. Yeah, it's difficult. And I think the agencies are you know, coming towards, they're doing their own networks and, and their own advertising as well to try and get a shortlist. And I think what we've found working with agencies that have successfully recruited this year is they've moved away from this thought that they must interview four people for a job. If they can get their head around the fact that they might only interview one person and they need to compare that person to their own criteria and then make a decision. Salaries, yes, they are going up. and I think people are willing to pay good money for good people. I've not seen too many examples of salaries going ridiculous which I'm glad because that can send the whole market flying upwards if all of a sudden one agency or a couple of agencies start paying £10,000 more for what other agencies are paying it forces everybody up and I don't think anybody wants to see that but you know at the same time if there's a good candidate available I think you need to pay them a good wage to secure them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm going to come back to this topic a little bit later because I'd love to hear more tips and kind of advice that you would give to agencies. I'm just interested, obviously, we've got a candidate shortage. What is the industry doing to attract new talent into the agency world? Are we doing a good job? I don't think we are. Well, I think we attract talent that wants to come into agencies. But I think agencies generally are quite nervous about bringing people in without any agency experience. Mm. It's it's almost like a big thing that if you haven't got agency experience, you won't be able to do the job. You won't be able to understand what we do. And I don't think it's quite that simple. And I don't think it's quite that true. I think there are people who are, you know, maybe they've been in-house and they want to try agency. And there's still a nervousness about, bringing them in but I was speaking to an agency a few weeks ago uh, a talent manager at an agency and and we were talking about this issue and she said well brands are quite happy to take people from agencies and who've never worked in a brand before why aren't we happy to do the same so there are people trying to get into agencies but I do feel there's a, a nervousness about people without agency experience and why do you think that is I think you you do find you know most agencies, when you do talk to them about that, they've probably had a bad experience at some point of somebody who's come in from, you know, an in-house role and not worked out or not enjoyed it. And I think that in some cases, that one bad experience puts them off. You know, you've got a bad apple, so you throw away the bunch type mm. of thing. And I feel that there is a little bit of that in that type of thing. And also I think sometimes... You know, we don't make enough of the fact that, particularly with account handling, there are other sectors where there are very strong B2B client services people that 
could probably be very well utilised by an agency. And we, again, don't seem willing to look outside the box at people who've maybe, you know, come from a completely different type of industry, but have brilliant account handling and client services skills. I agree there. In a way, in my personal experience of employing people in the past that have been in-house, like working as a marketing manager role, and then they come agency side, it's like a baptism of fire. And in my experience, it hasn't worked out. I mean, I can think of a few examples where it has, but I almost sympathize and empathize with the agencies that have said this because I've seen it happen myself. I think the pace that Mm. we work in an agency is incredible. And if you're not used to that pace or you're you're not used to juggling a million things you know it can very quickly say oh god I just I'm gonna go back to you know do you agree have yeah. you seen that is that the kind of feedback that you're getting yeah and you're right I've seen people who've tried to make that move and it hasn't worked out and you know they haven't enjoyed it and I think for me it's about like trying to identify what type of experience they've got from an in-house environment and there's very different pace in say a retail brand than there would be in an engineering brand you know so I think sometimes you've got to try and look between the lines at what type of experience they've got and where they've been and what are the motivations for coming to an agency because the ones that I've seen have made it successful have the ones that have come to me and said I look at what my agency is doing and I just wish I was there rather than here and I don't feel the pace is enough for me in my current role And I want to get into an agency because I want the pace and I want the variety. Because I think, especially when you start your career, and I would always advise this to anyone starting a career, you know, when you get that first job offer, you often take it. And if that happens to be client side, but, you know, you might have the personality that would suit an agency, you just didn't get your first job offer wasn't an agency job. And it happens the other way around. I've seen lots of people two or three years in an agency in the first job and they realize it's not for me. And they go the other way. And I think you've got to understand that sometimes people haven't been able to get that perfect job first time around. And it might be that, you know, they realise through working for two or three years that I'd rather be on the other side of the fence and make use of those people that want to do that, I think. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I suppose going back to the subject of attracting talent, I mean, are you seeing that a lot of agencies are interested in sort of graduates coming through? Because what occurred to me when you were talking there was the benefit of having someone involved in the recruitment process, A, because it's hugely time consuming, but two, that you can offer that kind of perspective on things, that you can really talk about the candidate in I don't know, like particularly like this word but a holistic sense you know look at this look at that look at their motivation so that guiding them is really valuable yeah I think agencies are you know interested in graduate talent and I think you know we do an event every year called the two plus two which is a, a full day event for marketing and creative students to work on a brief together and we get around 50 different agencies to come down and spend the day with them, mentoring them. And lots of agencies pick up talent from that event. And also you see a lot of the students, their eyes being open to actually what agencies do. Because I think there's definitely an issue there in terms of do graduates understand what agencies do and what roles are available. We've found quite a few have gone into account handling off the back of that event because they've met people from agencies who've talked to them about what they do and what roles are available. And all of a sudden they've said to us, we we had no idea this existed, you know, and I don't know quite why this has changed, but certainly, you know, if you went back 10 or 15 years, 
if you put an ad out for, you know, a graduate account exec, you'd get lots of people applying, you know, with relevant degrees, perhaps with placement experience, you'd get a lot of people. Now, when those same ads go out, you get virtually nothing. Wow. And I don't know quite why that graduates now don't seem to either understand or be attracted to agency life in the same way that perhaps 15, 20, 30 years ago, people did. So I haven't got an answer for that as such. All I know is that a lot of the unis, you know, talk to us, they don't feel that their students know a lot about agencies. So is the industry sort of portraying itself and communicating itself as well as it could do is probably the question. I think you're on the money here. I think your event sounds fantastic. And obviously we'll include a link for anyone listening that wants to get into the industry. Absolutely. I think from my experience, the Pharmaceutical Marketing Society, they do an event for graduates, which is hugely beneficial because they get to see. So I think you're on the money there. Also, I've spoken to new graduates that have joined an agency and have said to me, I had no idea what the hell, you know, and I thought this company, this agency had a graduate scheme. So I think there's a real gap in the market there. Yeah. And I think, you know, as well, we see graduates coming out now and I think graduate salary expectations have have, have perhaps gone up in the last few years as well. And I'm not sure agency entry level salaries have gone up to match. Certainly in the North, I think most agencies would say for, you know, an entry level grad, they'd probably looking to pay around 18K, maybe 20 if they had a place year. But I would say most graduates are really good graduates. The ones that you want, they're looking for more than that. And you've got other industries, not necessarily, like say, maybe client side, but even tech startups and things like that, that will pay more. There you go. And, and, you know... You're not just competing for salary against talent against the agency down the road. You're competing for it against, you know, in-house roles, graduate schemes, tech companies. It's not as simple as just saying, oh, well, they want to be in an agency so that, you know, they'll come to us, that you're competing in a wider ecosystem, really, than just agencies. It's so true, Phil. And that's something I've heard also in the past is that the tech sector are attracting our talent in a better way and you know maybe we should be modeling what they're doing that would be an interesting project to look at how the companies i mean even the likes of facebook google you know twitter the big companies you know apple the the companies that everyone knows about in the Mm. tech industry and that probably to a graduate would seem a lot more exciting but hey i'm not 100 sure like you say but i think there's a massive gap here yeah, and I think you're right as well about saying that p- people who start in agencies at entry level sort of like almost being left to their own devices in a way because agencies, especially small to medium-sized agencies, you know, and in the north we've got, you know, a lot of agencies that you would class at that size, you know, not having a focused talent function and your development is almost left down to whether you get a good line manager or not. And, you know, often those line managers haven't been trained perhaps in the right way or even trained to manage a more junior member of staff. So you're almost getting people who don't fully know what they're doing, managing and training somebody else. and Who also doesn't know what is the blind leading the blind, Phil, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and that's a difficulty. And, you know, like I say, in terms of, you know, how do you get those people when they're in, like I say, how do you help them to progress and develop and to grow and to feel like their career is is going forward in the right direction 
you know that's a real challenge okay so i think again you've you're on the money with this because yes i i don't know of many agencies with really comprehensive staff onboarding programs and you know it's like here's the desk this is the client blah 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 so i like this i think you know it's a good conversation to be having because maybe it's mm. going to bring to the agency's mind anyone listening right we need to focus some time here but can you give me some examples of agencies that are attracting the talent and why are they attracting that talent yeah i think you know certainly as i was saying not focusing on we must have a shortlist of four people is really important you know and also those that are willing to hire on culture fit and potential so one of the things I've been saying quite recently, and I think it sums up what I've been talking about with a lot of agencies is, you know, don't look for a unicorn. You know, if you look for a unicorn, you might be disappointed. But if you can find a horse and then you can add the horn yourself when they're like in, inside the building. Yeah. And, it, it, <laughs> and it's sort of like the way with, I think, agencies are attracting talent. If, if the ones that are like looking at it and going, we might not find somebody who ticks 10 out of 10 boxes, mm. but if we find someone that ticks eight out of 10 and is a great culture fit, we can fill in those other gaps. Mm. And I think that's a really sort of clever and, you know, smart way of looking at it uh, at the moment. I think you've got to think in those ways at the moment. I like that analogy. And I think that's a great argument to say, but what are the traits that you're looking for? Like, I mean, you, you know, when you've been working with people, the ones who are self-starters that, you know, get stuff done, that is always asking, what else can I do now? You know, is this okay? What could I read behind the scenes to kind of get me up to speed with this? And, you know, you can almost feel that they're going to be fantastic. And I, funnily enough, I ended up talking to a a CSD yesterday who was of that ilk. And I ended up saying to her, can I just tell you how impressed I am with you? And she yeah. went, oh, I feel like an imposter. I said, don't worry about it. You know, she didn't have necessarily a lot of formal training, but mm. my God, was she all over it. So yeah. yeah, sorry, you're the expert. I'm not, but. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. They're always the things that, that I look for. And I think the, the agencies that I work with are looking for is like, say, it's, it's an attitude, isn't it? As much as anything yeah. else. And if people have the right attitude, like say you can educate them in areas that you need to and you can develop skills, but that attitude and that willingness to like I say, to ask questions and to, to look for work. And, you know, if you go back to like entry level people, the advice I always give to people at that level, when they're going for say interviews or internships, I always say to them, you know, if you ask people in the agency, what can I do to help you? What can I do to make your life easier? They will love you. You know, and, and that rings true probably throughout your career. If you're asking yourself, what can I do to make everybody else's life easier in the agency? How can I ease the pressure on your shoulders? They will love you and they'll want you around, won't they? Absolutely. I think that's a, a magic question. A very good tip. So these agencies that are currently attracting the talent, tell me your views on, you know, how proactive they are with their own marketing of their own agency. Does that have a bearing on how the candidate sees them? Like what else could agencies be doing to make themselves more attractive so that they're actually drawing them in? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, we need to be more visible. I think all agencies need to be more visible. I think it helps to have a, a reputation. And that doesn't just mean, like say, winning awards. It can be, you know, more of a reputation about the type of culture you've got. And I'm not sure agencies do a great deal of talk about that. Some do. And I think it, it's a really good public portrayal to really 
you know, show what type of culture and what type of environment you've got. And I think that really helps if you can really get that across to people. And I think as well, you know, through working with us, one of the great things we're good at is telling and crafting these stories about agencies. Because I understand not every agency has the time to really do a lot of their own marketing. And and sometimes, you know, we can tell a really good story and a really good insight into the type of place it is to get a candidate to look at it that maybe it wouldn't have been on their radar before. Because but there are hundreds of agencies and over the years I've talked to a lot of candidates who who say things to me like, well, I think I know all the agencies that I'd want to work for. And I said, do you realise how many agencies there are like, I'm sure I can introduce you to a few that you've never heard of that you would absolutely love. So, you know, certainly we help in that regard in terms of, you know, making those connections and introducing new agencies to people that they, they haven't heard of before. Great point. Great point. And I love the fact that you help agencies craft that story because you're right I mean I remember recruiting before it's like what's the job description let's just get it out there you know there's no thought that goes into it so having someone else to kind of add that value I think is key I want to move on to the account management function specifically because I obviously this is creative agency account manager what value do you think a good account manager brings to the agency yeah something stuck with me many many years ago talking to an agency MD about this. And his point to me was that a good account manager is one that will get the brief right first time, at least 95% of the time. And his point of view was that somebody who could do that is worth the weight in gold and will keep his agency's profit margin going north. And account managers that get the brief wrong more times than they get it right, you know, are going to be you know, sending it southwards on that profit margin. And that stuck with me. And that was probably like 16 years ago, I was told that. And it's always stuck with me as sort of a really good way of summing up the value of a good account manager. It's a good point, actually, because, you know, in order to write a good brief, you've got to have the skills behind it to Mm. be asking the right questions, to challenge the brief, to kind of make sure that you've done your research. So actually, a lot is encompassed in that statement, isn't it? You know, if the final brief is the right one and everyone works to it, not only are you saving a huge amount of time and effort and money, but it demonstrates that the account manager is doing exactly what they need to do. Yeah. And I think as well, that ability to work successfully with the creatives and that ability to understand creativity is really important. And one of the things we enjoy with the Handle This event is it's often the first time that marketing students and creative students have worked together because the way universities are structured, they tend to be in different departments. You know, the marketing degrees in the business school, the creative courses are in the art school. And the way universities are structured, they can't do cross-department, you know, courses and units. And often it's the first time they've ever worked together. And the way you see their eyes opening about what the other person does and the skills that they bring to the table is, is wonderful. And I think that ability to really get the best out of your creatives as an account manager and get them on your side is really important as well. I love that. Yeah, that's so, so true. So what else do agencies want from account managers? Get the brief right, be able to work with the creative team, obviously proactivity, as we've discussed. What else, anything else that they're asking for? I think the dream, I think, for most agency owners is account handlers that can grow existing clients. You know, I've always felt that there's 
you know, sales is seen as a dirty word within agency account managers often that like they don't want to think that sales is is something that they have to do but i think agency mds and chief execs would like them to be able to do it and again i remember a young lady many years ago an account exec i met and she'd only been in the industry for 18 months and she was telling me that she'd proactively reached out to the marketing director of one of her agency's clients with an idea the marketing director loved it got the agency involved on it and she grew the client spend by 400%. And she was 18 months in and I said to her, you will go far <laughs> because when you tell that story to any agency that's hiring, they will love that. And she did. She's gone on to have a brilliant career, very, very uh, successful. And you could see it from, you know, like I said, from those early days. And I think that's the dream for a lot of agency leadership to people that can do that. I agree. And I've had that similar conversation with all the account managers. And that's why I put the account accelerator program together mm. is because of exactly what you said. Most account managers don't feel that they necessarily are in sales, but they still need that skill of growing existing accounts. And you do yeah. not have to be a sleazy car salesman, you know, in that connotation of sales, it really can be really seamless. So I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's a tough job, isn't it? I think we ask a lot of the account managers in the industry and I think the workload is, is growing and I think people are putting more on account handlers, uh, which is tough because, you know, I always think account managers get flack from every direction. It comes from left and right and up and down. That's a tough place to be, isn't it? It's a, it's a really tough spot to be in the agency. I spoke to David C. Baker about this and he said it was the hardest job in the agency. And mm. I think you're absolutely spot on. It is. You do get flack from all directions. But if you are super ambitious and you want to develop your career, then what better than to grow an existing account? Because you'll get the recognition, you'll get the career growth. And that demonstrates a huge level of proactivity. So kudos to that girl that did that. So just in terms of currently, is there a big demand for account managers? Or is there a shortfall particularly? Yeah, the demand for account managers is huge at the moment, you know, and I've not known a demand like this uh, in all the time I've been recruiting. And uh, it must counter that with, like I say, what I was saying before about supply and the supply is dwindling of account managers. We're speaking to lots who are who are basically going client side or leaving the industry altogether. I've spoke to several who've left the industry altogether to do something completely different. And, you know, I think, the analogy I've been sort of using for this is that I almost feel like the account handling recruitment market is is like a game of musical chairs. And there's always some chairs empty, but there's always people moving around and sitting down on different chairs. So we've not quite noticed that there's not enough people in the game. Whereas now there's not as many people walking around looking to sit down on a chair so now we're noticing as an industry, there's a lot of empty chairs. I don't know if that analogy makes sense, but that's why I've been, been explaining it to people. And I think it's true that we're just, we've always had a shortage, but it's being exacerbated by people leaving the industry and others maybe just sitting tight in roles because they're not confident to move yet. So there's just, you know, a demand out there that can't be satisfied at the moment. I love your analogies, Phil. It's 
Really good, really good. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. Like, is it like a perpetual situation where, you know, you've got a gap, you need some account managers, you haven't got them. So it puts pressure on the rest of them with extra work and then they end up leaving and then you get a new one in and it, but there's still a gap yeah. there. Is that's what's happening? I, I think so. Yeah. And I think that's a real issue and could be one moving forward because, you know, all these agencies that have got gaps to look into fill, you're right, they'll be putting extra pressure on existing staff and you know that's that's not good in the long term and i remember one agency many years ago always said to me with their account handlers they always overstaffed on their account handlers they always had at least one or two more than they felt they needed just to make sure that the workload never got too much they were covered for holidays uh, they were covered if somebody left and i thought what a really enlightened way to run an agency and that agency never had any problems with account handlers leaving they kept them for years because they were never overworked wow i'm sure there are a lot of people thinking about this because a lot of the time it's down to the business model isn't it because we sell ours we're Mm. always you know trying to make the profit margins work and therefore there's no scope to kind of have people sitting there not doing much and so it's it's always that balance isn't it but I think that's a really great example of an agency that's obviously probably had a different financial position that they could afford to do that but it's worked out yeah and I think it's a case of isn't it like say slightly more costs on staff but if that saves you money on losing staff and the problems of then re-recruiting to replace them you know you might utilize freelancers in that period when you're looking for someone and that's got a cost assigned to it so i think you know it, it probably balanced out over time for that agency you know because they were investing properly in the people that they had in the building at that moment in time mm, i think you're right so i'm thinking about agencies that might be listening to this thinking right we need staff it's taking ages it looks like it's putting pressure on the rest of the team can you share some tips or guidance for agencies who want to recruit the best team you've already said like have a dedicated talent manager if you can obviously create a fantastic culture and so that people are attracted open your vision a little bit open your mind to a candidate and not have the expectation of having four interviews you know it times are different anything else that you haven't said that you could add to that I think the the flexibility angle is really important at the moment. You know, there's certainly, you know, applicants are looking for more flexibility than they perhaps had in the past. So, you know, that hybrid working model is is really important to applicants at the moment. People want that sort of two or three days in the office, two or three days at home is, is really important. So think about that because it can open up people that might not have ordinarily commuted to your location for five days but they might do for two or three days which is a good option i think as well you know there is still an issue i think with the industry being unsure about people working say three or four days a week and not being full-time and i think we miss out on a lot of talent that leaves because they can't work three or four days a week we had an agency quite recently that was looking for somebody and we found them a very talented account manager who had a, a young child and could only work three days a week. You know, good on them. They interviewed her, loved her. I said, we'll make this work, you know, because she was great and she fitted and they will make it work. And I, think, but I know of others that want to work three or four days a week and don't feel that an agency is the best place for them to do that. So I think we, 
we lose some talent through the you know through the exit door in that situation have you had complaints from agencies who perhaps have been open to taking someone part-time and it hasn't worked out what are they kind of saying to you what's their nightmare scenarios that have happened anything yeah i, th- I think it's about not being there when a client needs you isn't yeah. it i think that's the worry isn't it yeah. that, you know that your day off is friday and the client emails on a Friday and you're not there. I think that's the worry. But even going back many years, I remember an agency where I found someone who wanted three days a week and the MD said, I'm just not sure, Phil, but let's let's do it on three months contract and see how it goes. And at the end of the three months, he said, Phil, I'm completely sold. Like the amount of work that she gets through in three days, like is putting other people to shame mm. who are working five days because she was so well organized on those three days. So there was never a problem on the days she wasn't working. And I think you, you just need to find solutions, whether that be a buddy system. You know, a lot of people who want to work three or four days a week will still check their emails on the days they're off. You know, they will do it. I'm not saying it's right, but they are willing to do that for that sacrifice you know to have that extra day that they might need for personal reasons so I suppose it comes down to obviously circumstance but also attitude doesn't it and Mm. does this fit will it work and will the candidate do everything that they can to make it work plus the agency be flexible enough to kind of try to do anything they can behind the scenes to make it work so you're right I mean are you finding that any candidates are saying I want 100% work from home not really no 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 very very few i think people have missed the office and i think most people who work in agencies you know enjoy working with people we're that type of animal i think that wants to be in a room with other people so i think there's some great things about working from home and i think you know that not having to travel for client meetings as often i think is is probably a real beneficial thing you know not having to spend your day on a train down to london and back just for one meeting I think there's real benefits to that. But I think everybody wants to be in the office at various points and understands that creativity is better created generally, I think, in a shared space with other people. So, mm. so yeah, most people seem to want the hybrid model. Yeah. Personally, because I started in agencies so long ago, I find that actually the positive that's come out of this pandemic is that there is more flexibility, that people are being allowed yeah. to work from home some days. And even like you said, be a little bit more open about part-time hours. Because I personally have seen so many of my friends, ex-colleagues that have hit the childbearing age going off having babies and they're just thinking it's impossible to come back. Agencies yeah. were so closed off to any kind of flexibility. Is that what you've seen? Yeah, over over the, like say, over the history of my working in the industry, yes, I would say that's always been the case. And I might say, like you, I'm, I'm hoping that what's happened over the last 15 months and that more open-mindedness about flexible working might mean that it doesn't happen to the next generation But also maybe there's a few people that could come back into the industry that thought they couldn't. And when you've explained it like that as well, I think when you look at the gender balance within account handling, it's predominantly female, isn't it, in most agencies Mm -hmm. as well? So it sort of enhances that problem that we've had over the years, doesn't it? It's such a good point. And do you think also that agencies are more flexible with age? I mean, be honest, are you seeing any ageism? Because obviously it's a young industry, isn't it? Like creativity, it's dynamic. But personally, I think, you know, perhaps I'm giving, you tell me first and then I'll, I'll stop ranting. Yeah, I don't think ageism is as 
bigger problem as it was. I think people are far more open-minded now than they were 10 to 15 years ago. I think there is sort of more of a focus on, you know, good people who get the job done, it are worth the weight in gold. And I think most agency owners that I speak to are, are far more open-minded now than perhaps you know, people were 15, 20 years ago. So I'm so glad to hear that, actually, because particularly in the account management function, you know, if mm. you're a really super experienced account manager, you could be a huge asset. You know, yeah. you don't have that kind of, I don't know, some reticence about picking up the phone to clients, being a little bit more confident, you know, opening doors. I don't know. It just, I think it's a missed opportunity if people aren't being flexible with age. Yeah. I think one of the other things I've noticed as well that, that I'd like to see more of is, utilizing people from different types of agencies as well in particular if you think about people who've worked say in events agencies have that they've struggled over you know a period of time and you know the people who have been account managers in those types of agencies have got great transferable skills you know so if you're an integrated agency or a digital agency like why could you not utilize someone with those skills you know or somebody who's perhaps focused on i don't know point of sale you know, why couldn't those skills, if you work with great clients and they've managed projects and they get things done, why couldn't a different type of agency pick them up and like very quickly bring them up to speed in what you as an agency deliver, you know, because they've got the core skills. I think you're spot on. I think that's great, great advice, great sage advice. So also, can you give any tips or guidance for candidates maybe that are looking for the right agency for them? Yeah, I think what you're finding at the moment, because like I say, agencies are aware of the shortage on the market and have perhaps been looking for a while, the agencies are tending to make offers after one meeting at the moment, I think, because they're, they're so keen to get in there. And I understand that. And, you know, I would encourage people to move quickly. But from a candidate point of view, I'd always recommend going for a second meeting. You know, you will find different things out. You will meet different people and you'll think of more questions. So think about, you know, rather than rushing into accepting a role, you know, do your due diligence and go through it at your speed. Don't feel like you have to accept a job because it's been offered after one meeting. Don't feel like you can ask for another one. Great advice. Uh, and also, I always think anyway, you know, ask yourself, what will you learn at this agency? You know, how will working there see your skill set develop over the next couple of years? You know, so regardless of what money they want to pay you, you know, and how they talk about the type of things you'll be doing and, you know, the, I don't know, the table tennis table and the pool table and the, the bean ball bags. pit. Yeah, <laughs> the bean bags. Yeah. Like I say, what will you learn there in the next couple of years? And I think if you can give yourself a positive answer to that question, you know, and that you can see yourself in two years being, you know, bigger, better, more rounded then it's probably a good place for you. So I always think that's a good way of looking at any new role. Good advice. And would you suggest that they also ask to speak to, I don't know, other members of the team? Because I'm always surprised that sometimes the recruitment happens in a vacuum. And, yeah. you know, we certainly had a policy where I used to work that first interview was kind of a, a screening. But the second interview, if we, if we thought that that was the right person, they would actually go out to lunch with the team. I went out to lunch with the team because everyone gets a say to say, no, yeah. she's going to fit in or, you know, mm, I'm not sure. And actually, it makes everybody more bought into the decision. 
Yeah, I think that's good advice for agencies in terms of their process. You know, like I say, get more people involved who they'll be working with to, you know, like I say, it can just be a simple quick coffee or a chat, you know, but it will help, I think, your team, like I say, regulate the hiring of the right people. And I think from the candidate's point of view, they'll get a good feel as to whether it's the type of place they want to work. So it's a win-win really for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Any other tips for candidates? Just generally, you know, like I say, salaries could be thrown at you. You know, money could be thrown at you by certain agencies. You know, my advice would always be don't follow the money. Your criteria about where you work and where your career goes should never, ever be about money, in my opinion. Now, other people may disagree with me and that's fine, but I would always make career decisions based on other factors because I believe if you're talented and you do a good job, that you will earn good money and and you'll earn a nice living. But you've got to enjoy it, haven't you? You've got to enjoy what you do and enjoy the people, the environment you work with. Otherwise, the money won't matter. Yeah, I love that philosophy. And what would those other factors be? If it's not the money, what should candidates be looking for? I think they need to be looking for an environment where they feel their personal well-being is going to be looked after, as well as their professional development. And I think if you can find somewhere where, you know, your new agency is going to really look after you in those two areas, I think you'll stay for a long time and you'll enjoy it. You know, you'll feel looked after in all areas as well. Might be putting you on the spot here, but what kind of questions should a candidate be asking at interview stage to try to determine whether the agency is going to be looking after their well-being? I think I'd be asking them, like, say, do, do they have a policy on well-being? You know, have they got a policy on health? You know, do they have a mental health policy? I think is something that's growing mm. these days that more and more agencies are having policies on mental health and personal well-being. So I'd want to know, like, what have they done so far for their people who are already there to look after their well-being? You know, what are you doing currently that I would have access to? That's a killer question, actually, Phil. That's the podcast value in gold right there. So well done. How do you think, Phil, that the recruitment industry is going to be evolving over the next few years? The way I see it going, and there was talk last year that the recruitment industry will change because now we're doing everything on Zoom. There was lots of talk of, well, you know, you could recruit for jobs in different countries and jobs in different areas. And and I think there was people getting excited about that, whereas... I think the way it will go is delving more into niches and really focusing on the areas that you know and that that you can add value to. And certainly that's what we're trying to do is really focusing on, like I say, the types of roles and agencies we work with in the North and really becoming that person that knows what's going on in our field and builds deeper relationships. And I think we've always tried to do that But I think it's going to go even further that it's going to be about relationships and knowledge. And that's certainly what we're trying to do is really, you know, focus on building that reputation that as a business, we're we're not outside the industry. We're we're inside it and we're part of it. And I think with like the things that we do, like School of Thought and the 2 plus 2 event, and we we want to handle this event for account handlers as well, which is really good. Like, Everything we do is to really like be part of the industry and not diversify and sort of dilute what we do. 
I think you need to make it stronger. It's like marketing 101, actually, isn't it? Because you've niched in an industry and you've niched in an area and you've really sort of drilled down to, as you say, develop those long-standing relationships and becoming the expert. And then also you've layered upon that, you know, events and ways of attracting a pool of new people. So I think you've, you've got a fantastic business model there. That's a really good piece of advice for other agencies listening to this. Anything else? Because you mentioned something that I just wanted to ask you. This working remotely from different countries, are you seeing that there are any agencies that are being flexible with hiring people in other countries or conversely candidates who are thinking about relocating to Spain for example and wanting still to work in a UK-based company? There are one or two agencies that are open about hiring people from different countries. I think there are probably a few more that are open to hiring people within the UK in different locations and you know just getting them into the office every few weeks when needed. Not seeing too many candidates wanting to relocate and work remotely, but I think that might be something that might come up. Mm-hmm. And I think we have seen people relocate, say from London to Manchester, carry on working for their London agency remotely while they find a new agency in Manchester. And and that's completely new because it was always, if you found a job in Manchester and you were working in London, you'd have to hand your notice in and relocate and start a new job in four weeks and that's yeah. tough so i think it's opened things up in that way definitely and we might see more people wanting to go and i don't know live in cumbria in the lakes or in cornwall and still work for a london or a manchester agency and i think agencies will probably be open to that yeah i can see this happening i think we're at the beginning of a trend of this happening and and as you say because of the shortage of candidates companies having to be a little bit more flexible about this phil this has been brilliant any final pieces of advice that perhaps we haven't covered that you think would be worth sharing no the main thing i would say though is i'm always open to anybody who wants to reach out to me for advice support guidance opinions you know i see myself as someone who will always answer any question anybody's got you know i'm always happy to help people so if anybody has anything that they're struggling with whether they be an agency that wants advice on something or an applicant who's applying for a role and and wants some advice. I'll always help anybody. So, you know, people are more than welcome to get in touch. Oh, Phil, that's so lovely. And can you give your contact details? Where's the best place to reach you? The best place is probably LinkedIn. I think I'm very visible. I have a very recognisable profile picture of me and the dog. The dog's lovely. Uh, And people often recognise that picture and they recognize him more than me sometimes so <laughs> but yeah if, if you search phil Cookson and, and you'll you'll spot me on linkedin definitely the best way to get a hold of me so brilliant phil thank you so much this has been brilliant and i've really enjoyed talking to you about everything to do with the recruitment industry so thank you so much for coming no. thank you jenny thank you for having me it's been brilliant thank you absolute pleasure I hope you enjoyed that chat with Phil. I certainly did. A quick reminder that my next Account Accelerator program is starting on September the 23rd, and that's 2021. Um, This program is all about building confidence for account managers, and it's designed to take you from unpredictable project revenue to more predictable account growth. You can find more details on my website at accountmanagementskills.com forward slash training or get in touch on LinkedIn Jenny Plant or pop me an email jenny at accountmanagementskills.com. I look forward to speaking to you on the next one.